Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrological podcast where we explore the cosmic landscape for the month. We look at wellness suggestions, a tarot card, and just some tips to help you live a more conscious and mindful life. So welcome to November's edition. And you know, November is a really interesting month. What else is new, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it starts with a pileup of planets shifting signs. We have Uranus and Jupiter and the lunar nodes, and all just about at the same time as the midterm elections. So, Stephanie, why don't you just lead us into this planetary pileup? <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's so interesting, right? And we talk a lot about like when there is either a big alignment or a planet shift signs. And it's something that we pay attention to, right? New things are opening. There is a shift. And then sometimes we'll see like, oh, this is happening just within a couple of days of that thing happening. And we can sort of know that something new is being born. A lot of energy is being evoked. But then what's so interesting is that we have this week that happens to have a handful of different, or as you called it, the planetary pileup. <laughs> and it is the week of, in the United States, the midterm elections. So just to sort of spell that out a bit, right? The midterm elections are on November 6th. On November 6th, we have Uranus shifting back from Taurus into Aries. Just to note, it will be in Aries until March 6th when it firmly plants itself back in the plotting and pragmatic <laughs> sign of Taurus. We also have the lunar nodes that spend a year and a half in a sign pair shifting from Leo and Aquarius, the North Node and South Node respectively, to Cancer and Capricorn. Again, that's on the 6th, the day of the election. Then on the 7th, we have a new moon in Scorpio. And then on the 8th, talk about planetary pileup, <laughs> we have Jupiter, which spends about a year in a sign shifting from Scorpio to Sag, which means also that the time of the midterms, you know, that beginning of the week, Jupiter is in the very last moments of deep diving Scorpio. So now I send that back to you. Oh, my goodness, right? I mean, this is like, this is a lot of energy. And like you're saying, a lot of shifting energy. Of all these, you know, planetary shifts, I feel like one of the most significant is Jupiter shifting into Sagittarius. And like you said, Jupiter shifts signs about once every year. And so it's going from Scorpio into Sagittarius. So let's maybe talk a little bit about the difference between Jupiter in Scorpio and Jupiter in Sagittarius. Now, Jupiter is, you know, it's the largest planet in our solar system. It's also the most gaseous. <laughs> so perfect for the midterm elections, right? <laughs> call out during, Jupiter. During the Scorpio new moon. Right? Yes. Very gaseous. Exactly. Exactly. And so, uh, and Jupiter is very much about where we expand. It's, you know, a planet of opportunity 
opportunity. It's also uh, oftentimes associated with fortune and good fortune. And Jupiter is known to be benevolent, right? I also look at Jupiter, I feel like it connects us to our dharma. Mm. Like, you know, why are we here and what are we doing with our individual gifts and how are we expressing them? So Jupiter and Scorpio was this time where everybody was really going in deep. And we've talked a lot about this. You've talked a lot about this, Stephanie. Like when Jupiter first went into Scorpio, wasn't that the time when the Me Too movement really started to come into the fray? Exactly, right? What was it? Six days before Jupiter went to Scorpio was the first breaking story about Harvey Weinstein and in the New York Times. And then actually, I saw this yesterday that it was actually on October 10th, the day Jupiter went into Scorpio, that Ronan Farrow Mm. published his first article in The New Yorker, right? So Jupiter and Scorpio sort of growth and our attention turned to that which has been hidden, that which around we had shame, you know, that which that was pushed down. And there was this advent of people, of women, not only women, actually, people telling their stories about Mm -hmm. harassment and abuse, you know, and this advent of the Me Too movement and that really coming, you know, voices coming out of the closet to claim what truly had occurred to them in their lives. And in Scorpio, you know, the Scorpio aspect is, you know, that deep underbelly and, you know, the emotional and sexual kind of depths, right? And so that I just feel like Jupiter blew a lid off of that. Totally, right? And then to think about, like, there's that Scorpio new moon, right? As (laughs) Jupiter's at the end of Scorpio. Like, are we finishing something up? Like, do we really, we need to come to this place, you know, with this advent of things getting large or getting more expansive with Jupiter and Sagittarius. But right before that, we have to, again, look at the hidden, look at the underbelly. I love that word, right? And really speak truth to power, Mm -hmm. right? And what really has occurred and how can we root out Right. The dark, the dank, the hidden, the secrets. Right. Mm. And maybe there will just be this opening to that and whatever it will be that will happen with the election or across the world. Right. For all of us individually that week, you know, maybe even to think about like I'm using my vote in my personal life and I'm voting from a deep place of owning my personal power, Mm. that sense of being really honest with myself, Mm. right? And unearthing what I have kept at bay so that I can live a much more holistic Mm -hmm. life of peace that Mm -hmm. comes from knowing and accepting all aspects of myself. Ooh, gosh, Stephanie, that is so good. And, you know, here you're talking about owning a more like whole and authentic life. And I think a part of that, you know, is coming to terms with the shadow, mm-hmm. you know. And so as you're talking, I'm just thinking about, oh, my gosh, maybe by, you know, standing in our truth. And I love that you brought, you know, using the vote as a voice to do that. There's healing here, you know. There's empowerment here that maybe we can't change the world, but we can, you know, we can deal with our own stuff. Yes. And that is really important, right? It starts with you. Right. 
Right. Right. So let's talk about then Jupiter moving into Sagittarius, which has got such a different vibe, right? Sagittarius is, you know, Sagittarius is the archer shooting his arrows into the sky. So to me, Sagittarius is very much about, you know, kind of reaching higher. And Sagittarius rules higher education. Sagittarius is very global. Sagittarius represents other cultures. And I think in Sagittarius, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if we kind of come together on more of a global level, right? Especially politically, because Sagittarius also rules politics. Yeah. So I think too. I mean, ideally, right? We could hope for that. Like fingers <laughs> crossed. Everybody can see all my fingers crossed, um, right? And Sagittarius or I'll say it a different way, Jupiter is the planetary ruler of Sagittarius. Right. So Jupiter's right. very happy in Sagittarius. And it's almost like we went from Jupiter and Scorpio where we were like digging deep to now Jupiter and Sagittarius. We go from the depths to the heights. Yes. Right. And like you said, yes. to like the global terrain and Ju- Jupiter, excuse me, Sagittarius is also about my beliefs and what is true, right? And so we seek wisdom. We seek truth. It's just, again, that we have to be very careful in this day and age Mm. in terms of being very aligned, being very much in the ownership of our own filters so that we can assess what somebody says something is true, is it really true for me? Yes, I love that because, again, that just brings it all home about checking in with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in the climate that we're living in, it's so important to just take that moment and check in with yourself and just align and see if, you know, if things are working for you, right? The other thing is you're talking that's coming to mind is Sagittarius also represents religion. Mm-hmm. So it will religion and politics, church and state. It's going to be really interesting to see kind of what happens not only in this country, but again, across the globe. Yeah. And I think, too, if I'm remembering correctly, right, when Saturn was in Sagittarius, there Mm. was also that theme of coming in about like fundamentalism, Uh, right? Like, again, what's my truth? What's your truth? My truth is better than your truth, right? And will that become aligned? Also thinking about Sagittarius and Jupiter related to like, like you said, sort of the global terrain, you know, will we pay even more attention to those from other countries? You know, will immigration or borders and immigration policy? And with the node, just to add, like with the nodes shifting into Cancer and Capricorn, Capricorn being about the structure, the patriarchy or government and Cancer being about the home, but also about that sense. And we talked about this last month about tribalism. You know, will we maybe see this mm. conflict or, wait, you know, in terms of you versus me, who is an insider, who is an outsider? And, yes. you know, we can only pray for peace, yes. right? And we can, you know, the alignment of humanity, but hopefully that it won't get even more striated. Right. 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 Yeah. And I love that you tied in the nodes there. And, you know, also when I think about Sagittarius, especially Jupiter and Sagittarius, you know, I think about, you know, humanity, you know what I mean? And and becoming more of a humanitarian, you know, by looking and being willing to embrace a bigger picture, which is so Jupiter, like the big picture. Yes. 
So the other big happening this month, should we talk a little bit about Venus, which has been retrograde (laughs) in Scorpio and Libra, which has been very intense, I have to say, uh, uh, going uh, direct about the same time when our friend Mercury goes retrograde. Definitely. I mean, it's really interesting, right? We've had Venus retrograde since October 5th. And through that time period, we have been reevaluating <laughs> what we value, reevaluating what has richness, what has worth. We've been turning to the past to gain extra insights, or our past has come to our present to, re- <laughs> to visit us in terms of people, ideas, thoughts, reflections that are informing our present. Now, as you said, Venus stations direct, right? It moves out of its retrograde phase on November 16th. Interestingly enough, about 15 hours later, Mercury (laughs) turns retrograde. So you have this day, November 16th, and I would say a day before the 15th and after the 17th, where you have these two planets stationing, one to go direct, one to go retrograde. And as we've spoken about throughout our podcast, that when a planet stations, it's archetypes feel very loud Mm -hmm. in the collective. So in that mid-November period, Venus will be very loud, the feminine, our values, money, Mm -hmm. art, justice. And Mercury will be very loud, (laughs) the media, information, bridges, transportation, getting the word out. So just to see, you know, again, it may be very interesting to see what's going across the collective stage at that time. Right. What is going to be born, Mm. but also in your own life, right, to see what are you tapping into that you've gotten more awareness about related to your values and richness and how you have a deeper level of the understanding of that. Yes, yeah, because I think that with that Venus retrograde, especially with the Scorpio part of that, you know, we were all kind of required or maybe inspired to dig in a little bit deeper, like you said, about what is it that we really value? What's really important? And, you know, with the Scorpio aspect, it really brought in kind of that emotional, you know, spiritual component. You know, Scorpio is like one of the most spiritual signs of the Zodiac, right? And then with the Libra aspect of that, I really kind of brought up that, you know, what do you value in regards to the truth? And so some really, really potent stuff. So with Mercury retrograding in Sagittarius, what's that all about? And remember, any time that we're in a retrograde, it's a time to revisit. You know, it's a time to take a step back, reground, realign. And in that Sagittarius energy, it's very much about taking a look at, you know, what is truthful for you. And Sagittarius is such an enthusiastic, opinionated, 
excited, political, zealous sign. And so this might be a time where you really, you know, want to look at your communication. I mean, are you getting up on that soapbox a little bit too much? You know, Sagittarius, you know, it has a lot to do with sharing your opinions. But here, we might want to be a little bit careful about what we're putting out there. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) That's really great. And then when it goes into Scorpio, which I believe is on Mm -hmm. December 1st, right, we're diving back into sort of the, I'm going to use that word again, because I loved it that you brought up in the beginning, you know, the underbelly of what motivates Mm -hmm. us to speak yeah in the way that we speak mm-hmm. you know and also how we can dig into accessing a deeper level of truth yes absolutely i think also just to be sagittarius and pull it back for a moment is to think about and something we've talked about over the months how this year has been such a year of retrograding yes right yes. with that mars retrograde mm, this summer right. and the mercury retrograde and then we had that month a little bit more than a month in you know the end of august then all of september the first few days of october where the personal planets were direct and now we're back <laughs> in this nine week retrograde sandwich right like the venus retrograde, retrograde sandwich goes, i love that right it goes right into the the mercury retrograde and so we're still in this f- sort of space of pause mm-hmm. of looking back it doesn't mean there's no progress it doesn't mean that you don't work on things it doesn't th- mean that you don't you know give birth to things it's just that still it feels like that creative endeavor and that creative focus is about let me take that thing that i've birthed before or i've initiated or i've started to work on and let me go back over it because during this time i will get those extra insights Mm -hmm. that will allow it to have a deeper foundation so when the planets go direct and then i can put it out into the world it has greater thoughtfulness thoroughness and bones. Ooh, that's so good. And you know, one of the things that I've really, you know, learned through this, all these retrogrades of the year is, well, you know, not only to like do two steps forward, one step back, but to Mm -hmm. embrace that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I feel like I have a whole new relationship with my frustration because I think with all those retrogrades, and I heard this from a lot of clients as well, it's like, gosh, if I could just get some momentum or, geez, is this ever going to happen, you know? And now in hindsight, kind of looking back a little bit, it all happened maybe a little bit slower than what we wanted, you know what I mean? But ultimately, like you're saying, in a way that, you know, and gosh, I just feel like this is so true, that works even better. Yes, right? Because when the moment then was to move forward, we moved forward in a way that had more integrity. Oh, yes. I think about it too. I've been using this example a lot about like cooking on the stove, right? <laughs> like that whole notion of like, you know, time is an important ingredient. Mm-hmm. You know, you put things on the stove and you, through these retrogrades, you need to have the patience to let them cook. Ooh down, right? Mm -hmm. You may want to like pull it off the stove and start to taste it or start to eat it, right? (laughs) But the time and the care allows you to adjust. Yes. Right? You taste it. Okay, it needs a little bit more salt. It needs a little bit less this or more of that. And and the flavors 
right? They cook down and they become more concentrated. Mm. So when it's time to enjoy that richer, when it's time to enjoy this beautiful thing that we have created, it has a richer stock and it offers us so much more beauty and pleasure and the knowingness Mm. of our accomplishments of what we've created. Oh, my goodness. I think I just need to take a moment and absorb that. That is so beautiful, Stephanie. What a, what a great way of looking at things. And, you know, what comes to mind is, you know, divine right timing. Divine you know, right, right timing. timing. Almost that feels like that would be something to really reflect upon for all of us this yeah, year. Like, absolutely. have you gotten... And right, also with Saturn and Capricorn, have you Mm. gotten a different perspective on timing where your relationship to time may have shifted, where you've seen even more how there is a right time for things? That feels so Saturn and Capricorn. All right, we need to move. Speaking of timing, speaking we need to timing. move on and talk a little bit. We've got the full moon. Yes, we do. In Gemini on Thanksgiving Day, November 22nd. And this full moon also involves Jupiter. Yes, so we enter Sagittarius season. The sun goes into Sagittarius, and there we have a full moon, right? On Thanksgiving Day. Mm. So, full moon. This full moon is the sun in Sag, hanging out with benevolent, (laughs) make the space larger Jupiter, with the moon in Gemini. Thoughts about that? Well, you know, it's funny when I was talking about, you know, expansive Jupiter, you know, I always think about what I think about, especially Jupiter and Sag is sometimes overindulging, you know, and here we have (laughs) that on. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, you know, so that might be something Mm -hmm. to, you know, maybe look out for a little bit. I like that, you know, I always think that that full moon, you know, uh, in Sagittarius, bringing in, uh, no, excuse me, full moon in Gemini connected to Sagittarius, you know, that's just very outgoing going energy. You know, it's very much about communication and curiosity and exploration. And I think it's got kind of a fun vibe. Yeah, I agree. Right. And I can just imagine like <laughs> sitting around the table, right? The sad Jupiter, they're like eating a lot and drinking talking a lot a while lot. we're chit-chatting and talking. You know, and I do wonder, because when I think about Gemini and Sag together, right, it is that alignment of the knowing, Mm -hmm. the collecting information, Mm -hmm. the understanding. But the pull, the push-pull is between, you know, the Gemini, maybe like the facts and the figures where Sagittarius wants to go big and craft meaning, right? And to remember, like, not to lose the forest for the trees or the trees for the forest. Right. And I think especially with everything going on right now, it's maybe to, you know, when you're with your family is to avoid some of those, you know, overly political kinds of discussions, because I think things could get actually a little bit heated. Right. Especially, right, because this is the Thanksgiving (laughs) and this Gemini full moon with Jupiter weeks after the election that week. Yeah. Let alone that it's the election, but that week of all right. of that crazy yes. astrology movement. Yes. Um, also, Jupiter and Sagittarius rule the liver. So again, <laughs> like that just does both like enjoy mm-hmm. the food, enjoy the drink, but you yeah. may want to have a little bit of 
temperance. Temperance. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just did that. That is so good, Stephanie, because you were speaking of temperance and the card, the tarot card for the month is the temperance card. And temperance is ruled by Sagittarius, of course. And, you know, temperance, I call temperance the alchemy card because what temperance is all about is combining different ingredients to create something new. It's That's the turning the lead into gold. And in, in most decks on temperance, you'll see an angel. And he, uh, he it's actually the archangel Michael. He's pouring the sun into the moon, fire into water. Now, fire and water don't combine. They would extinguish each other. But that's the alchemy of it. When you combine these different and sometimes disparate ingredients together, they can create something completely new, something that's golden, right? So you were talking about cooking. And I, you know, I use that analogy a lot when I'm talking about temperance. It's like, okay, you're cooking a great soup, right? And it's probably, you know, you want some carrots and some tomatoes tomatoes and maybe some chickens and some beans and celery. And it's that, again, that combination that is very much that expansive, creative, temperance, alchemy vibe. The other thing about temperance that is important to know is they describe that card as the art of learning. And this is very Sagittarius because it really takes the idea of learning to a whole new level and really keys in that kind of desire for knowledge and wisdom, which is so very Sagittarius, but it really makes it more of a creative, experiential art form. And so this card is really, really potent. Wow. I mean, with it being Sagittarius season towards the yep. end of the month and Jupiter and Sagittarius yeah. and that full moon mm-hmm. with Gemini, that it's the art of learning. Art of learning. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So do you have any wellness suggestions for us for November? Well, I thought usually I'll give one, but I felt really compelled <laughs> to give two this month. How Jupiter. How Jupiter, right. Like more is more. More, more, more. <laughs> more is more. Um, so I was thinking about two flower essences from the perspective of, and really sort of focusing on that, you know, that week of, of November 6th, where we may find ourselves, maybe, you know, if there's all this transition with more of sort of a sense of disquietude or anxiety or fear that may be coming up. So two of the flower essences that are really wonderful for that are mimulus and aspen. So mimulus is a flower essence for fear that is distinct, meaning Mm. I am scared of spiders. I am scared of the outcome of the election being X. You know, I have fear that this thing may occur, right? When you can name what it is that is the trigger of your fear, mm. that but you know that it's not that it's irrational, but it just has you in its claws. Mm. Mimulus is really wonderful because it helps to release that. Then there's aspen. Aspen is more for non, excuse me, undifferentiated fear right? And anxiety. I just feel anxious. I just feel worried. You know, it's when you're actually feeling in this swell of all the emotions and the palpable disquietude around you, and you can't differentiate that, and you just take that on, Mm. right? And it 
starts to sort of rock your base of equanimity. Mm-hmm. Aspen is incredible for that. They could talk about it being, you know, for fear of with an unknown source. So just to think about if you're feeling disquietude, if that sense of anxiousness is ratcheted up in you, if you can identify the cause of that fear, mimulus may be more appropriate. If it's just more of that general sense of anxiety, nervousness, I don't know what might occur. I don't know. Aspen. Or you can try both. So, Mimulus and Aspen. All right. Boy, those seem very appropriate very for this appropriate. month. <laughs> or for even like... Yes, exactly. Well, my gosh, I think that kind of covers it for the month of November. So, you can find Stephanie at... StephanieGaling.com or on Instagram at Stephanie underscore Galling. And you? MeganSkinner.com. And I'm on Instagram at MeganSees. And of course, you can find this podcast on iTunes. And we really would love it if you would subscribe because that helps us to keep everything going. Yes. And we love hearing from you. Yes. So please write us at SoDivineVentures at gmail.com. And a big shout out to the producers of this episode, Matt Flunker and Sebastiano Tecchio. And of course, big thanks to the Cloud Studios and the Overcast Room here in Capitol Hill, Seattle. Okay, well, this is another episode of So Divine, and we will see you soon. See you soon. <laughs>